Welcome to this week's episode of Sports and Comedy with Connor. There's a lot to talk about this week, so let's get right into it. What is up, everybody? It is Saturday, February 20th. Welcome to Sports and Comedy, and thank you for listening in. Yeah, it's been a pretty crazy week around the Crawford household. Uh, Monday started out with me needing to get a tooth extracted, you know, which, you know, may sound fun, but it's actually just someone grabbing your tooth with some pliers and ripping it out. So not that fun, pretty shitty, actually. And then I started to heal, feeling pretty good now, um, pretty much healed for the most part. I mean, it takes three to four weeks to totally heal. But not a whole lot of pain, just a little bit of discomfort sometimes, a little bit of pain from time to time. But then on top of that, I think Thursday or Friday night, or Thursday night, our fire alarm kept beeping all night. Woke us all up at 4 a.m., woke the dogs up at 4 a.m. My wife was pissed at me because the captain was up and awake and needed to go pee. And I fell back asleep, of course. Um, (laughs) And my wife has had a headache for about a week straight. So, the Crawford household is falling apart currently. Well, how about we talk about some sports first? Carson Wentz, as a lot of you heard this week, was traded to the Indianapolis Colts this week from the Eagles. Um, The Eagles are now taking the largest cap hit in NFL history at $33.8 billion. The second largest is Jared Goff. Which the Rams are taking currently at $22.2 million. I mean, what a wild free agency year this has been. I mean, I, I never agreed with that that paycheck that Carson West was getting. He's, he's not worth the price tag. He may have talent, but that ginger weirdo can't stay healthy. And the only reason he has a Super Bowl ring is because of big dick Nick Foles. He's like a more athletic Sam Bradford. I understand he was on the Eagles and that he has shown flashes of greatness. I've seen it. We've all seen it. But he's still not that good, honestly. And he can't stay healthy. So if you can't stay healthy and you're not that good, what's the point? I mean, he's not producing on the field, he can't stay healthy. He's being paid a crazy amount. What's the point? And I can't imagine him getting anything close to that money with the Colts unless he balls out the remainder of that contract. But even then, I'd be weary of taking the risk. And Jared Goff isn't even a bad quarterback. I don't, know why, I don't understand why the Rams would take that hit for Stafford. To be, the, to be fair, the Lions are also taking a, hit, a $19.9 million cap hit. So I guess that's pretty even money. But I just don't get that trade for Stafford. Don't get me wrong. Matthew Stafford is a good quarterback right now. And he's definitely an upgrade from Goff. He did throw for a bit over 4,000 yards and 26 touchdowns last year. But it's only about 100 yards and 6 touchdowns better. Is he going to get them over the hump? I would love to see it because I love Matt Stafford. But I'm a bit, I'd be a bit surprised if it's not the same team in next year's Super Bowl. I do think Stafford will finally win his first playoff game, though. 
I just don't think adding adding Stafford gets you over the hump. I mean, the Rams are already his playoff team, right? I think they were ten and six or something. Is does adding Stafford get them past Tampa or Green Bay or um, who am I forgetting? Or Kansas City or I mean any of these guys? No, they. I don't think they do. Or Seattle? I don't think they do. Stafford had Calvin Johnson, who's probably the greatest wide receiver to ever play the game, and good defenses around him early on in his career and never won a playoff game. He lost three times in the in the wild card. I mean, why do you all of a sudden plug him into a team and then become a legitimate contender like Tampa, Kansas City, Green Bay, or Tennessee? Unless that signing brings more free agents... The same way that that Tampa signing Tampa Tampa signing Tom Brady did, or Denver signing Peyton Manning did, but he's not comparable to those two. You'd be crazy to think he is. I love the guy, but I just don't see it. That's all for football. Let's move on. We haven't gotten into fighting yet in the show, so let's try it out. You know, Usman defended his title last week, and. It went about the way I thought it would. Since he beat Tyron Woodley the way he did, and Colby Covington the way he did, I'm not going to doubt that dude. I don't know how anyone would. I don't know why he isn't more of a star, honestly. Especially after the election. You know, so many people being anti-MAGA. The guy who just beat up Colby Covington, the guy in the MAGA outfit, isn't a giant star. And not only is he beating people, he is destroying people. It's insane. But there's not really a whole lot coming up right right now. So let's talk that Jake Paul and Ben Askren fight. You know, one is a two-time college wrestling champion, Olympic competitor, a Bellator champion, and although his UFC career didn't go as planned, MMA royalty. And yes, he's a wrestler, not a boxer. The other, Jake Paul, is a dedicated... I'll give it that to him. He's dedicated. Very dedicated. He has no reason to be. He's young. He's athletic. But he's a YouTuber with only two fights. Granted, he's looked good in those fights. Really good. But they've been short. So we don't know anything about Jake Paul's cardio. Can he make it more than five rounds with Ben Ben Askren clinching with him constantly and wearing him down? I mean, can he take the clinch, the dirty boxing, the, you know, hugging, waiting for the refs to break it up, the pushing and jabbing? I mean, it's going to be exhausting. It's very exhausting, especially for someone like Ben Askren who knows what he's doing, won't get tired by it, and can take any punch that you throw at him. I mean, it's possible that Jake Paul catches him with something, but we'll see, right? But what we do know is Ben Askren. Yes, he can grapple. Yes, he has a great chin. But his boxing is some of the worst I've ever seen compete in MMA. So this fight could really go either way. Totally, like I said, it's totally possible that he catches it. Who knows? I'm just impressed that Jake Paul, being a millionaire at, you know, 20, what is he, 23, 24? He's so young. Being a millionaire, being a millionaire at that age, why are you boxing? I mean, millionaire. I mean, boxers don't grow up in mansions. 
there's a reason that there's no good boxer. I mean, there's a reason that Conor McGregor got his ass kicked as soon as he got as soon as he got rich. Tyron Woodley lost his belt as soon as he got rich. Ruiz beat Anthony Joshua, partied, bought himself a Rolls Royce, and then got his ass kicked by Joshua. No one's heard from him since. But somehow these Paul brothers are millionaires living in California and beating people's ass when they fight. But say Jake Paul does knock Ben Askren out. Then what? He can't go back to fighting, you know, just athletes or YouTubers. They're not going to fight him now after he fights a legit fighter. And none of these other wrestlers are going to fight him. He's going to have to step into there with some legit strikers. And then what? Say he steps in there with Conor McGregor. Say he accepts the fight. Conor Conor McGregor will wipe the fucking floor with that dude. And then what? There's no, there's no, nowhere to go from there. There's no other fight. What are you going to do? Do a Conor McGregor trilogy? A Ben Askren trilogy? A Nate Robinson trilogy? No. That's whack. I mean, he shouldn't have started calling out real fighters. Because then what? Right? I mean, he should have stuck with calling out these YouTubers and these professional athletes because I mean like psh, fucking Nick Carter's little brothers fighting uh, Lamar Odom that's what he should be doing stuff like that not this actual fight game nonsense the moment he gets his ass kicked by one of these guys it's over he's got to go, to go back to fighting either no name boxers that will actually fight him because there's no way any no any big tame big name celebrities or athletes are gonna fight him now. No way. Alright, I think that's enough of sports. Let's move on. Let's try to talk a bit of comedy now. After all, the show is called Sports and Comedy, right? Other than stand up, nothing is better to me than a movie. I have so many great memories of watching movies with friends and families, with girlfriends on first dates, with you know, I mean Nothing connects you like a movie. You can sit in a movie theater with a complete stranger and something funny or crazy or sad happens and you catch each other reacting in the same way. And you share a look. There's no judgment. He's happy for you. You're happy for him. Man, I once saw... This isn't a comedy story, but I once saw the last song I think it was called it was a Miley Cyrus really sad movie and I don't remember what happened because this is all I remember it was for some reason super super packed so we sat in like the front area of seats the really shitty ones that are really close to the screen and something really sad was happening and I was watching the show and this lady like three or four down from me stood up and just started crying and sprinted out of the out of the cinema and obviously I it was like a church laugh you know when you're not supposed to laugh oh I couldn't help it man I had to leave I had to wait until I had to wait in the lobby for the movie to be over but anyway comedy movies has a lot of great great actors some of which have developed quite a catalog that cannot be ignored I asked some of my friends and family to give me a list of their favorite 
comedy actors catalogs and I decided to go through them and see which ones I liked and then tell you which one was my favorite. The list I got from people goes as this. Adam Sandler, Will Ferrell, Eddie Murphy, Mike Myers, Chris Farley, Kevin Hart, Polly Shore, Will Smith, Seth Rogen, and Bill Murray. The most popular two were Will Ferrell and Adam Sandler. Which makes sense considering they are number one and number two in the all-time comedy box office earnings among all comedy actors. Followed by Eddie Murphy, Jim Carrey, and Ben Stiller. Both Jim Carrey and Ben Stiller weren't even mentioned by any of us. It's so funny, there's so many that you forget some of the greats. I love Ben Stiller and Jim Carrey. Zoolander, so quotable. Ace Ventura, so quotable. Interesting fact, I love Chris Farley. One of my favorites. I thought he would be a lot higher, so I searched to see where he was. He was in the thousands. I imagine it has a lot to do with his early passing, right? I'm sure that's a major part. But it also looked like most of his movies weren't even released internationally. And I'm sure that's an incredible amount of money lost. I have such good memories of watching Chris Farley movies. My favorite two are Tommy Boy and Beverly Hills Ninja. Man, I remember watching Beverly Hills Ninja with my little brother. And during that last fight scene where he gives this little speech, I don't remember exactly what words he says, but he's like, I may not be the great white ninja. I may not be one with the universe. But I'll tell you this. No one messes with my brother. And then it's like, everybody, yeah, I can't sing that song. There are so many times that we, quote, unquote, that we heard each other, quote, unquote, play fighting after watching that movie. The amount of times we did that was insane. <laughs> Sorry about the Chris Farley ramble. Let's get back on topic. My vote for the greatest comedy catalog of all time for any actor, even though I love Chris Farley and I love all these other guys, is Will Ferrell, which maybe I'm a basic bitch because it is the number one grossing, but he has a bunch of hitters, man. Will Ferrell has made 28 movies that have earned $1,805,675,776. That's an average of almost $64.5 million a movie. He was my vote for greatest comedy movie catalog mainly because of the sheer amount of quotes that everyone knows and loves to use. I mean, how many times have you heard someone say, don't put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby? Or how many times were we at a party in college and a drunk guy yells, we're going streaking down through the quad into the gymnasium? I mean, I can't begin to think how many times I've said Did we just become best friends to some random person I just met? Or when I've told my wife, I freaking love you. She still won't say, I freaking love you too, back. She doesn't get it. She's not fun like me. But we can thank Will Ferrell for that too. Not only are his movies insanely quotable, he has one of the best and most popular Christmas movies ever. I watch Elf every single year, as well as National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Sometimes I'll sprinkle in, sprinkle in a little Nightmare Before Christmas. Shout out, Evan. So many people have Will Ferrell in their living rooms every holiday season. And yes, Adam Sandler has um, 
Eight Crazy Nights. It's a great movie about Hanukkah, but it's not as popular as Elf. His movies span all the way from PG all the way up to R, and he nails it all the way through. His movies have made more money than any other comedy ever, and it's for a reason. All of that is why he's my vote for the greatest comedy actor of all time. But damn, with the likes of Eddie Murphy, Jim Carrey, Ben Stiller, Chris Farley, Mike Myers, David Spade, I mean, the list goes on and on and on. Zach Galifianakis, uh, Seth Rogen. I mean, he has a great catalog of movies. Uh, it's tough to pick. But Will Ferrell has given me the most laughs throughout my entire life with the most people, family, friends, family that can't watch R-rated movies love Elf. And that's why he's the best. That was fun. That was comedy. That was fun and different from just talking sports. I enjoyed it and I hope you did too. You know, let me know in the ratings section on my YouTube channel, Sports and Comedy with Connor, or on Twitter at Connor C. Real. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Sports and Comedy with Connor. I'll see you next time. Stay cool out there.